Well, this morning we are going to start, and I, I've said before, I'm not, I'm not big on doing series on Sunday mornings. Um, I, I normally would just preach each Sunday what the Lord lays on my heart through the week to preach, but um, I was working on a, a message and a thought, and as I was working on it, the Lord kind of directed in, into uh, an understanding that there's a lot more that can be dealt with than just the one thought, and it kind of falls into a series of, of something that uh, each one of us, maybe even heard uh, messages preached on these different items that we're going to talk about over the next several Sundays, and I don't know if we'll f- probably won't finish it up prior to getting the missions conference, and so there'll be a, a break uh, in between at times. But um, we are going to be looking at uh, what the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6. If you want to go there, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through verse number 13. If you read your Bible much, um, you would know Ephesians 6 deals with the armor of God. And that is exactly what we're going to be looking at, uh, the armor of God. And we're going to be looking over several Sunday mornings dealing with each piece of the armor. But this morning, we're not going to deal with the armor itself. This morning, we are going to deal with this thought, understanding the battle. Understanding the battle. I began to um, try to research and and put some things together and looking at uh, a a different title I was going to use this morning. But I'll throw it in now just because it, it fits regardless. But I was, I was working initially on a message that would be entitled Wrestling with the Wrong Enemy um, because that's kind of where we are in our world today. Um, God's people, if you do much looking around and observance, and I'm not saying get sucked into everything going on, but it's not, not a bad idea to be aware of what's happening around us and know what is being thought to a degree uh, with caution as to what you believe and, and, and go with. I don't know what all is going to take place over this week. There's a lot of speculations about this week coming up. Um, a lot of sp- from today through Wednesday, a lot of speculation as to, and a lot of people talk about the facts they have, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen on Wednesday the 20th um, when it comes to Inauguration Day and uh, is Joe Biden going to go in, or is there going to be this um, massive amount of information come out, and a blackout take place, and all the truth is revealed, and people are arrested? I mean, there's tons of stuff going around right now, and I understand a lot of it um, is, is labeled conspiracy theories, but I, I'll be honest, anything that is completely unknown can be a conspiracy from both ends. Um, however, In this whole scenario, here's what you find more than any other time I've ever witnessed, and I'm not that old. I'm I'm almost 40, not there yet. I still got a little bit longer. Not my wife, but I do. Um, But uh, it's okay to laugh, all right? But here's the thing. In the time that I have had, I have yet 
at this point that I, I could say in, in trying to think back, I, I cannot remember a time where God's people have been more involved emotionally and physically, mentally involved in, in a warfare that actually has nothing to do with the physical aspects that we see. Ultimately, what we see going on around us is, is just the byproduct of what is really happening. And I'm not, I'm not oh, oh, here it goes. You're going to get conspiracy on us. No, I'm not. I'm going to get Bible on us. All right, you ready? It's spiritual warfare, folks. It's spiritual warfare. And I'm not getting all hocus pocus on us. It's spiritual warfare in the area of what the Bible has laid out for us and I, I've never in my life seen a time where God's people are more engrossed in mentality that, ha, that, that is far away from the spiritual understanding of aspects and we're focused on the physical uh, uh, amount of information we see and we're, we're ready to go physically and emotionally and we're forgetting that it's a battle spiritually. That's really the target, or should be. Understanding the battle this morning, in looking at Ephesians chapter 6, and yes, we are going to be looking at the armor of God as a whole. Why? Because we better start suiting up. We need to already be suited up. I mean, it's a daily battle. We should be suited up, period, in our personal lives. But if we're not suited up with the armor of God already, it's time we start... Uh, getting it out of the closet and dusting off uh, all, all, the, all the, the layers and piles of dust because it's been sitting around. It's time we polish it up and get it ready for the battle because it, Satan's not just attacking individuals alone in small areas. It is now becoming an in-your-face spiritual battle taking place. Why? Because the time is short uh, and, and the, the return of our Savior is nigh. And it is coming to a point where there's very, very, very little time left. I, again, I'm like every other preacher that, that has any sense. Talk about horse sense, okay? Any sense, common sense whatsoever. Never try to say when the day is going to take place. But I will say this. The Bible talks about the Lord coming as a thief in the night. But I remind you, uh, the Bible also tells us that the child of God is a child of light. And a child of God is given knowledge to understand maybe not the time uh, as far as the day and the moment when his return will be and, and will be caught, the church caught out. But we are given the understanding and the promise that we may not know the day, we may not know the hour, we may not know that moment when he's coming back. We cannot predict it. However, we are not to be unwise concerning the times. We are promised that we will see and we will know. And for the child of God, it won't, or at least it shouldn't be, a surprise when you see what the Bible declares as clear evidences of the last times, the end days. We're there more than, again, Kind of goes without saying. It's like, duh. I mean, every, every day you get closer and closer, naturally. We're walking a path that has one end, and that's the Bible declared end. When we're going to reach it, I don't know, but it's pretty obvious 
there's enough going on in the days, and I can't even get into the details of it all, but I will say this. My, my brother-in-law, who is very closely uh, connected with things over in Israel because of the ministry he works with, if you only knew the, um, the agreements that have already been set that most people are not aware of because it's not being covered by the news, the agreements where Islamic leaders and Jewish leaders and evangelical leaders have already come together over in Israel and Islamic leaders and Jewish leaders have already agreed upon the place on, on the, um, um, oh, help me, my brain just died. The Temple Mount, thank you. They've already agreed on the place that the new temple will be built on the Temple Mount. What are you talking about? They never get along. Oh, they do now. They've already agreed where it's going to be built. And they've already agreed they want to start this year. All the pieces have been formed and fashioned. Everything that goes inside the temple is ready. It's sitting in storage. It's completely finished. All of the garments for the high priest and the one they chose to be their high priest has already been taken care of. They're waiting for the inauguration of the high priest to be done once the temple is built. And the temple mount has already been planned and agreed upon it. The meeting they had, I can't go any, don't have time for more detail, but the meeting that they had was not about do we build it was about, do we build starting 2021? They said, in six months, we can have it done. You know, that temple that has to be built for the Antichrist to desecrate? There is more that has happened behind the scenes that God's people, for the most part, are not even aware of that proves we are on the threshold. And by the way, if we're on the threshold understand, and I told our Sunday school class this this morning, I said, I don't get it. I don't quite understand. I can't grasp it. We know how it ends. We've read the back of the book. We know who wins. And Satan's not stupid. He knows what's been prophesied about him. He knows what's been spoken concerning, what God has spoken concerning his end. And he knows that everything God has spoken has happened. Nothing has failed to happen. He knows that in the end he's going to lose and yet he fights every single day like he can win. As things get closer and closer, understand this spiritual battle that's taken place is going to be fought in ways that physically we can see the happenings going on. And if we're not careful, we'll think this is a physical fight and we'll forget it's a spiritual fight. So it's time that God's people get on and put on and strap up the armor of God and prepare for what it is that we, again, we're not going, as far as I'm concerned, we're not going through the tribulation. Our church, you look at our bylaws, we are a pre-millennial church. In other words, we believe the church is out of here before uh, pre-tribulation. We are out of here before the tribulation happens. The seven years is going to take place. Again, hold on the message. But I believe God call, call, catches us out of here, and that's the trigger point for the starting of the tribulation. But prior to that doesn't mean that we're going to go through everything just fine hunky-dory, and we're going to be at the top of, of our excitement. Boy, life is good. Poof, we're out of here. No, I think life is going to be um, very difficult to tell the difference between tribulation and just prior. I believe we're going to be facing things in, in, in days to come, this generation facing things in days to come that if we as God's people are not prepared for, uh, it is going to hit us 
hard. And we're going to see the physical realm and we're going to think it's all about the fight that we have to fight, but not understanding and forgetting that um, it is a spiritual battle we have to trust the Lord for. And so we're going to look at this, understanding the battle this morning. Ephesians 6, I'm going to move quickly because I, I did a lot of prelude there to everything. But Ephesians 6, verse number 10, down to verse number 13, says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we, and here's the whole point, this is where I was going to originally before I decided this, the Lord wants us to look at it in a deeper sense. Verse number 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Please remember that. Please remember that. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Let's pray, and and I'm going to give you three things this morning dealing with understanding the battle that we're facing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to be in your house. Lord, it, it is important for every one of us to get a reality grip according to the word of God, a reality grip on what is going on around us, to understand as a child of God, it's time to be prepared for the spiritual battle ahead, not just the individual battles we face every day, but an ever-growing attack on the Word of God, the Savior that we have placed our trust in, the Heavenly Father that we follow, everything that we as a child of God believe in is going to be attacked in time. And Lord, we need to be ready spiritually for the battle ahead. And I pray that you'd help us to see as we start into this this series of, of the pieces of the armor of God and the importance of each piece. Lord, would you help us this morning to understand the real battle that we're facing. Help your children to be challenged and encouraged, Lord, about what it is our Savior can do as well as challenged concerning, Lord, what we need to be doing on a daily basis in this preparation of a spiritual warfare. Help us, Lord, in only the way that you can. We need your help. I pray that you guide everything that's said. God, our hearts, God, our minds. Lord, let the Holy Spirit have free reign to take what we look at and apply it personally to each one here. We ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. If we are to do as the Bible says there in the last, last part of verse number 13, having done all to stand It will require us to understand what the real issue is and who the real enemy is. Now, I know this is not a a message this morning that would be typically a Sunday morning salvation type message. I believe for this time and this hour, um, if a person doesn't know Christ as their Savior, uh, it ought to be obvious there's only one hope uh, to help in this time of need. But beyond that, I also want to encourage us, this is a time frame where God's people as a whole need to understand what we're facing and need to prepare together as families, together as a church, preparing to serve the Lord in spite of the difficulties, to keep our focus where it belongs. 
in the high temperature of today's atmosphere, too many of God's people are overly eager for a fight. Y'all seen it? Have you heard it? Unfortunately, most are more prepared for a fight with their fists than fighting on their knees. The spiritual battle we're facing is not one that we can win physically. It's a battle that we have to face with the only one who can win the war, and that is the Lord. So, in this fight, let's just look at three simple things in this battle to understand the reality of what it is we're really facing. So, what are we fighting for? What are we fighting for? Well, in order to, to do all to stand, we must have a cause worth fighting for and staying focused on. Uh, a man without a cause won't stick to much. If, uh, it, it, well, put it this way, a, a person who fights against something without cause or with the wrong cause, that's important, will soon lose their cause to fight. Uh, if we don't keep focused on the right the right enemy, and the right cause in this spiritual warfare, uh, we will one day uh, throw up a white flag and say, why am I fighting this fight? I want out of it. I don't want to be a part of this. Not, because we forget it's not about us physically. It's not about these buildings physically. It's about a spiritual warfare. And listen, Satan wants uh, you. He wants your children. He wants your home. He wants your influence over others. He wants every part of the child of God. Listen, one thing you can, he, that Satan cannot do uh, to a child of God is he cannot threaten your eternal soul. If your soul, if you've given your life to Christ and you've received Christ as your Savior according to how the Bible lays it out and you've received the blood of Christ been shed for you in forgiveness of your sins according to God's word, Satan can no longer threaten your eternal soul. But what he can do is he can threaten your today testimony. He can remove your influence. He can destroy your home. He can rip your children and, 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 and from, from the desire you had for them to serve God. And he can, he can rip them out and throw them into the world and, and break your heart and, and destroy the, within you that cause to live for God. Because after a while, it's like, well, what does it even matter anymore? Everything's falling apart. We might as well just give up. And here's the thing. We get so focused on the temporal and we get so focused on the physical that we forget that every bit of it is a spiritual battle. Satan wants to destroy. The Bible tells us to kill uh, uh, to, and, and to destroy and, and to remove and, 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 and to cause desolate things out of what should be lively. God's people should be understanding and aware of the fight that we're really in. Now, those who fought for our country, and this, this country right here that we have today, still have at this moment, and the freedoms that we enjoy at the moment, didn't just fight against King George or uh, Kaiser Wilhelm II or Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, Joseph Stalin, Emperor Hirohito, or the communist war machine in Vietnam and Korea. They didn't just fight against people. They fought for a reason. And by quote, one, it was said that they fought for the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. They fought for the responsibility of freedom to give freedom to others. If you're fighting against a person, that, that eventually can wane. But if you're fighting for a, a cause and, and a purpose, listen, 
in this battle, in, in this Christian life, I'm not fighting against society, though it is a, a struggle with society. <laughs> I'm not fighting against uh, policies that are created. Ultimately, who am I fighting against? As a child of God, I'm in a battle against the enemy, which is not man. The enemy ultimately is Satan. And I cannot win the battle as a Christian. But I'm a Christian. I'm going to take on that devil. I mean, come on, devil. You bring it on. No. Hey, watch out. What you, watch what you ask for. There's only one person stronger than the devil, and that's the Lord himself. Only one person more capable than the devil. And if we try to attack him ourselves, even if you've got the greatest of zeal, if you try to ta- attack the Satan on your own, uh, it's going to be a failing operation. Only the Lord and fighting with the Lord and him fighting with us is going to produce the victory we're looking for. But we have to have a cause. And it cannot be a selfish cause. It cannot be an innerly focused cause. It cannot be, oh, well, we want the best for our church cause. No, no, it has to be a cause that goes much further and much deeper that when everything else is taken away, I still have the cause. You say, well, preacher, I don't quite get that. Simple. If everything we have today a place to come and worship together the Lord, a place to join together in fellowship. Uh, If if this book, by the way, if this book uh, one day becomes threatened, and that can happen in a heartbeat, I'm not even going to go into how I think it could happen. We'll let that go for now. But if this book right here becomes a threat to society, and they say it needs to go like everything else we don't want to hear. It needs to go, and it need, those who want to preach from it need to go. And they say, we're going to take your Bibles away. Now, I'm not going to go giving it willingly. Okay, I'm going to hold on to it. But listen, there are places where this doesn't even exist. There, there have been countries over the years where they didn't have a Bible. And what, they might even had just maybe one page of a Bible. Do you know what most of them did uh, and, and how they survived the years of not having a physical Bible in hand? They had a whole bunch of it memorized. Without it in hand, they could pull it up in mind and God gave them the ability to remember and rehearse the word of God. Physical things are nice to have. I like having buildings. But what happens if one day the buildings are taken away? We're fighting to keep our churches intact. Okay, what happens if the physical building is gone? Is our cause gone? Is our reason for taking a stand gone? What happens if they try to remove this book? And if you openly read from this book and somebody sees it, you're in trouble. Sometimes you just got to take a stand anyways. However, if, if the physical aspect is gone, do I lose my cause? No, listen, my cause for Christ, my cause to live for God, you can, you can put a Christian in jail and a Christian can still be free. Because freedom is not based on the physical aspects. And I know, trust me, we'd all rather be physically free. But freedom is not based on the physical aspects. True freedom is based on the liberty and the freedom in Christ. Hey, I'm free from sin. I'm free to live for God. And if that means that one day it has to be behind a jail cell because I stand for this book and I'm not going to give it up, then so be it. I can still be free to follow Christ. The one thing that they cannot remove, they can remove my home, they can take my cars, they can take our buildings, they can take away, they can even tip to take away this book out of my hands. But ultimately, the one thing they cannot take away is a relationship with a God that doesn't need the physical things to have that relationship. It is a personal, spiritual relationship 
that I can have with God. It is a cause for my spirit to be united with my heavenly Father. And I can follow him no matter what physical things are present or gone. You can lock up the body, but you don't, no matter what you do, you cannot lock up and remove the ability for man to commune with his heavenly Father if he's saved. There is a cause worth fighting for. There is a spiritual battle that we're in today. The reason freedom was fought for is because they didn't have their eyes just on the ones they were fighting physically. They had their goals and their cause built around the idea and the desire for true freedom, not just for them, but for others. Listen, what, what's, what gives more freedom than knowing Christ as your Savior and being free from the bondage of sin? The cause for which we fight is a great spiritual battle, and in this battle is contained in the first three words there of verse number 10. It says, finally, my brethren. Here's just some of the causes that we have here, some of the things to focus on. We are fighting a battle for our faith. We are fighting a battle which affects uh, the brethren, those that I care of, my family in Christ, and has been affecting the brethren more and more as the days go on. We also see our cause in the next five words of that verse. Be strong in the Lord. Uh, We are fighting for our faith, but also for the Lord of our faith. In the end, my fight is not against man. My fight against, is against Satan who tries to draw me away, who wants me to quit, who wants you to quit. Who, who, he, his desire is that though you might be a child of God, I want you to turn your back on the very one that you supposedly trust in. I want you to say, I'll just handle it myself because God has not been good to me. Now listen, it's not just fighting for the faith that I hold. It's fighting for the Lord of our faith. It's saying, Lord, I'm going to stick faithful. I'm going to be a soldier in the battle. It's not about attacking another person or putting down a political leader or saying, hey, I, I can't follow that, that, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not even going to go there. i got to stay away from it. But all these things you're hearing and all the noise you're hearing and all the back and forth in the physical aspect of it, that's not a cause. That's not the reason of the battle. That's not the real fight. The real fight is Satan trying to remove God's people from their fellowship with the Father, trying to remove us from our walk of faith with the Lord. It's time to fight for our faith. It's time to fight for the Lord of our faith. Jude 1 and verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Contending for the faith. Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that we're just to keep our mouths shut and have our spiritual warfare that we, you know, in our little homes and our little things, just always just be quiet and we're fighting against Satan, not against man. Listen, sometimes it takes a stand physically. Sometimes you do have to take a stand against wrong because today, in today's time, more than any other time, wrong is being told to be right and right is, we're being told is wrong. Anything of right is being labeled as, uh, as uncaring, unkind, and, and, and not accepting of people. Right is still right. Wrong is still wrong. It doesn't matter what society changes it to be. That's palatable and acceptable to the majority of mankind. Uh, if you ever notice, mankind has a habit of going far away from what God says is right. 
So if it's palatable to mankind and acceptable to mankind, um, it just may not line up with the word of God. And that, this, this, is always, this is always the anchor of truth. This is always, if you're going to compare, don't compare one to another. Compare what, a, a life with this book. Compare actions to this book. Compare laws to this book. Compare everything to this. Compare my life to this book. Does it line up? If not, might need to work on something according to the will of God. What are we fighting for? We're fighting for the faith. You don't have to have the physical things to contend for the faith. You don't have to have the, 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 in, the, the, the dainty and, and what we consider to be all the needs. I, I, like, I like live streaming. I like the, the ability to have the, the chance to send out to everybody that cannot make it. Hopefully, it's not a choice to not make it. It's that can't not make it. But here's the thing. We don't have to have that to contend for the faith. We don't have to have a building to contend for the faith. As much as this Bible is, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we don't have to have this, but I shouldn't have to have a physical printed version of this book to have hid God's word in my heart. If I have to have this at all times or I am lost, then I haven't done much hiding God's word in my heart and committing God's word to my mind. And I'm afraid, now y'all know my mind, okay? The Lord has to work a miracle for me to remember things like I'd like to. But here's the thing. If one day a physical book was to disappear, the principles and truths of God's word should be so hidden in my heart that the faith is still present and still accounted for. Even if a physical book is removed, God's word is here. By the way, what is it that God does when we read this book? He speaks to his child. Do you realize God can speak to you at every given moment if we allow him to? I'm not, not removing the need of this book. I'm gonna hold on to this book. I'm gonna try to fight for that book. Yes, it's the word of God. We're talking about the cause of the faith. I gotta hurry. What are we fighting with? In order to do all to stand, we must have more to fight with than this weak, burdened, cumbersome flesh. We desperately need the power of God. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, and 3 through 4 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Remember that, folks. Remember that. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God wants to remove the strongholds in our life. God wants to remove those things that Satan tries to cause, uh, to weigh us down, to resist us in our walk of faith. I'm not going to go, you can go over to Ephesians chapter 1, for sake of time I'm not going to go there, but Ephesians 1 uh, verse 19 through 23, I challenge you to go read that as well, dealing with uh, the, what we are fighting with in this battle. But looking back in Ephesians 6 here, in verse number 10, the last six words, it says, in the power of his might. We find the wonderful promise there of the power of God in preparation for the spiritual battle. We are un, 
able, incapable of facing this battle that we have before us. That's been there all along, but it's just getting stronger and stronger. The, the heat of the battle is growing. We are incapable of winning in this battle without the power of his might. Our flesh is not capable of fighting this spiritual uh, battle that we face. Also, get this, saved individuals are not able to survive without the power of God. We will fall to the wiles of the devil if we're not careful. And a spiritual arsenal which God has provided for those who seek and desire it. Listen, God has provided everything we need for the spiritual battle ahead. You want to keep your mind you want, to, you want to keep your sanity? <laughs> you, you want to keep your cool? You want to be able to stay calm and use wisdom? Hey, God has provided everything we need to have the right mindset, the right goals, the right direction, and the strength to fight against a prevailing or seemingly prevailing enemy. And it's not mankind. God has given us all these things. This is the reason that Christ offers us not only his presence and power, but also the necessary armor of God. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. It focuses there, unto him be glory. Last thing. Not only what are we fighting for, what are we fighting with, but understanding this battle and here's kind of the biggest part of the thought what are we truly fighting against in order to do all to stand as verse number 13 encourages us to do we must also have a complete knowledge of what we are standing against in this fight every nation that has ever gone to war, has sought for intelligence uh, into the structure, knowledge, weaponry, and strategy of the enemy they're going to face. We have all the intelligence given to us in the pages of Scripture. There's not a single thing about this old devil that we're going to face that, that daily is attacking God's people and in God's work and trying to destroy this world and, and, and mankind as a whole because he hates man because we're made in the image of God. We were, his, we were God's prize creation. He hates us. And if you're a child of God, he hates you even more for it. But in all, all of that, when you're looking at God's word, we know everything about Satan that we need to know. You realize he's not changed his strategy in all the time that he's been fighting against man. He hasn't changed uh, the weapons that he uses in all the time he fights against man. We see uh, over in, in 1 Peter 5, in verse number 8, uh, it says that our, our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. A good description of that old devil. Also, we see in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that he, is as, uh, or that, that he has, uh, in his efforts, blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He wants to keep man blind to the gospel. Jesus said in John 8, 44, that Satan, uh, by, by quote here, was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father 
of it. His lies are one of the biggest tools he uses, his deception over man. And we also know from Luke 22, verse number 31, that Satan's desire for you as a child of God is the same as he has had for Peter when it said, uh, when Jesus himself uh, laid out and said uh, that Satan uh, had desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. The same warnings Christ gave to his uh, disciples are the same warnings we should heed that Satan wants to sift us. He wants to just constantly work us over until he has removed anything that would be good. Anything, any hope that we could possibly hold on to. He wants to sift us and make us unusable. What is his strategy and weaponry to accomplish this goal? Uh, We are told that here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. It says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may uh, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Y'all know that uh, old cartoon, the wily coyote, right? The wiles of the devil. Constantly coming up with uh, ways of trying to trip up and, and uh, maim and, and, and stop Christians from, from ever serving the Lord and stop a lost person from ever coming to know Christ as their Savior. He's trying everything he can to blind and to maim and to halt everything that would be good. But we see even further in verse number 12, uh, here's a list of things. You ready? The weapons of our, it says in verse number, number four, right? verse number 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Again, don't forget that. It's not the person in the White House, no matter if it's the one now or the one that possibly to come. It's not the person in the White House we're fighting against. It's not Congress we're fighting against. It's not your next door neighbor that you're fighting against. Though, honestly, uh, in our day and age, there is more division that has taken place around the world, but you see it right in your own community, more division over the smallest, of things. I'm not even going to go into them. Just don't, don't want to start it up. Because if I mentioned a few things right now, there'd probably be a little bit of a hair raise. Because even in the church, there tends to be division. And we have a hard time getting along because of, well, I believe this and I believe that. It's all about causing a separation <clears throat> and an inability to work together. Satan wants to divide so he can conquer And you see what's happening. It's not, I hate Walmart. I can't stand big companies. But it's not big companies that are the enemy. You see here the list. And I'm going to give them to you quickly and we're done. Principalities. We don't fight again. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Stop wrestling with the wrong enemy We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That word principalities is, I'm going to try to say all of these, um, but the word derived from arche, uh, which is chief, magistrate, or ruler. These are the earthly leaders who fulfill the works of their father. Listen, uh, when somebody is leading a country or leading the world in ways that are obviously against this book in many things, 
uh, it's not that individual that we're fighting against. It's the one who is putting the encouragement. It's the one who's directing the mind and the hearts of people to go against the word of God. It's not the physical person. It's the one who's encouraging the physical person. The same one who encourages us to do wrong. He's the real enemy. We don't fight against principalities. We don't fight against powers. What is that word, powers? Powers uh, is uh, exousia, force or delegated influence. The evil that derives, uh, that, that, I'm sorry, the evil that drives or emboldens the wicked to act so. Listen, we're not just uh, going against, you say, well, I, there's some evil things, some evil people. Yeah, where is the father of them? Where is the one who's really causing all of this? It's not the powers that we're fighting against. It's not the flesh and blood and all that we're having to fight against. Now, now watch, going into, I'm sorry, I'm sorry it's, it's, it's not, not the flesh and blood, the powers that we are fighting, the, the principalities, the powers going on looking here at, uh, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now watch, now watch. As I'm, I'm looking at the, when I, when I mention it, I, again, my brain's getting ahead of me, so I, I'm kind of mixing some things in. I want to clarify we're talking about the things that we are fighting, the principalities. Though it is the earthly leaders, don't misunderstand me. It, we, are, we see the physical earthly leaders that are following the leading of their father. However, it's not the person you focus on. It's the one behind the scenes. That's what we're getting at. The powers, the evil you see taking place. It's not the, it's not the individuals or the, or the surrounding environment that you're looking at is the fight or fighting. It's the powers that working behind the scene. The rulers of the darkness of this world, uh, the actual entities or Satan and his demons. I can't even give some of these words. Uh, I'm going to try. Cos or cosmocrator. Uh, it's the Lord of the world. Lord of the world. Prince and power of the air, by the way. Skotos, darkness, or darkened eyesight or blindness. The rulers of the darkness. Listen, it's Satan who rules in darkness. He's the enemy. And lastly, you see, we fight against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's dealing with apostasy and heresy. Numa, uh, if I can get it right. Numa, I can't get it right. I said these things constantly yesterday trying to get them right in my head. I'm just going to pass it. That word dealing with the non-carnal or religious, the spiritual, spiritual, pneumaticos, say it that way. And now here's another one. Poneria. Can y'all get an idea where that's coming from? Poneria. Depravity or depravity, however you want to say it, iniquity or evil purposes and desires. Can y'all guess what that word brings about? Spiritual wickedness in high places, the apostasy and the heresy. Listen, these are things that is in the spiritual warfare area. And I, I, I'm hoping not to be all over the place with you this morning. Um, my heart is full because there is a battle that 
Can I be honest? I don't, I don't know how to win. I barely know how to fight it. And I, I wish I knew how to encourage God's people really to face the upcoming days and everything. The only thing I know to say is don't get so focused on the physical aspect of the fight. We're ready to go guns blazing and fists swinging. No, that's not the real fight. Satan would love for man to turn on each other. The church turn on each other. This church, turn on that church because I don't like what they're doing. I don't agree with what they're doing. I don't think they're handling things right. Regardless, Satan would love for us to turn and physically be focused on this fight and completely forget who it is that's actually pulling the strings behind the scenes. Satan, Satan is trying to rip the fabric of God's creation apart because that's his whole purpose. He'll never quit until the day that he is kicked out and the day that he is permanently placed into a lake of fire never to be released. He's got a little ways to go and he's going to fight to the death to pull every single part of God's prized creation apart from each other and apart from him. As God's children, we have to understand that we have a deadly enemy with a fleshly and spiritually lethal arsenal at his disposal. He operates in a world where he has been given authority to rule for a short time in these last days. We must be busy. Here's the thing, going back to verse number 13, and having done all to stand. We as God's people must be busy doing all to stand while not forgetting to put on the whole armor of God, we will not stand against this spiritual battle and be successful, as we call it, or victorious, as we desire, if we forget the armor of God. But the first thing has to be done before putting on the armor, before truly trying to throw... By the way, I'll just throw this at you. Uh, You remember what happened to David when he just tried to throw any armor on? Saul said, take my armor and go out to the battle. And David threw on the armor trying to help me. Just throw it. And it didn't fit. And he hadn't tried it. He hadn't proven it. And there's no way he could go to that battle with that armor. Why? Because that wasn't God's armor. That was Saul's way of trying to help him in a human aspect in the fight. And David had to take it all off and say, I'm just going to have to go with the faith that I have in God. His armor was not visible His armor was spiritual armor. And when he went out to face Goliath, he won in that battle, not because of his strength and not because of his ability, but he saw the battle for what it was. It was not a giant against a young boy. It was the evil of Satan's desires against God's plan and God's people. And David didn't say, who does he think he is speaking to us that way? No, David said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who does he think he is to speak against God? David saw the physical battle, but he he did not focus on the physical battle around him. He saw what was happening behind the scenes. It was not about a giant. It was about Satan trying to do something against God's people and trying to put down God in the eyes of his people. And he said, who does he think he is? 
to defy Almighty God. I remind you, folks, no matter where our focus could be on the physical problems around us, it's not the physical people or the physical decisions or all the things, though as frustrating as that can be. And yes, there are times we must take a stand against what's happening to us in our environment around us. However, the ultimate stand, the ultimate battle, and what we must understand about this battle is it is a spiritual warfare on every front. No matter what the physical view of it might be, it is a spiritual warfare that we are in a fight against. And if we are not putting on the whole armor of God and trusting the only one who can bring us out victorious, we are going to fall as victims to this spiritual warfare. Many people, many, and I'm I'm long enough, many people that profess the name of Christ, that claim to be Christian, that used to say, oh, the house of God, the house of God, the house of God. It hasn't taken much for many of them to get used to not being a part of the house of God, not being a part of the people of God. Oh, yeah, they watched online for a while, but that has even drifted off. Matter of fact, I was watching a few preacher friends encouraging their folks, and they said, we've been, we've been looking at the analytics of, of our live stream, finding that the majority of our live stream, oh, we got 40, 50 people watching. He said, the majority of our live stream, 90 to 95% is people coming on, be there for five minutes, and they log off. Come on, be there for eight minutes, log off. Come on, be there for two minutes and log off. And it might be they lose connection, different things like that, but what it's coming down to is there for a split second to show, oh, hey, we're here, we're watching, and then get off before even listening for very long. Because it's more convenient to just set it aside. That's the spiritual warfare we have. And I'm not doubting anybody that has to watch online. What I'm saying is, It's easy, easy to claim when there's no way to prove what a person's really doing. Well, when when you have an opportunity and you're in the house of God with God's people, hey, you know who's here, you know who's being faithful. Hopefully, hopefully people watching online and that's their opportunity, hopefully they are being faithful. But we need to be able to hold each other accountable. We need to be able to encourage each other in the fight. Spiritual warfare is real. On our own, we can't fight it. And if we don't put the armor of God on, which we're going to start looking at, the different pieces, be an encouragement to you, but the different pieces of the armor, have each one has a purpose. If we fail to put the armor on, we are going to be a casualty in this war. Satan is slick, he's sly. By the way, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you can't put an armor on that doesn't belong to you, that's not offered to you. The armor of God is only offered to the child of God, and you only become a child of God according to the Bible in receiving Christ as your Savior and forgiveness of sins. That's the first step. But we need to prepare for battle, not against mankind. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, it all deals with the Father of spiritual warfare, and that's Satan. And we need our Heavenly Father to help us fight the battle and the armor that He offers. Father, Lord, we thank You this morning. Well, I know it's been...